Hello, all you fight fans out there. I'm Scott Fontana, one half of the Couchside Judges, along with Dan Urban. Now, of course, we talk about judging after these UFC events, but it's a lot easier to do when they aren't so darn agreeable. And at the latest UFC card from UFC Apex on Saturday, the judges were almost immaculate with consensus on 18 of 20 individual rounds. Don't worry, my friends. We'll still look at the two split rounds, one of which came in Alexander Rakic's unanimous decision victory over Anthony Smith in the three-round main event. But we wouldn't have much of a show if we only went into a couple rounds that wouldn't have affected the outcome. That's why Scott and I will have a little past judgment action for you with one of the most controversial fights of the year between John Jones and Dominic Reyes. Yeah, so Rakic, obviously, he gets a big win here over Anthony Smith. And while he was the betting favorite, he came in with the lesser ranking. So, you know, a, a, a definitely a good feather in his cap, but maybe not the most impressive victory. Was not very impressive. I didn't think this is going to move him that much closer to the title picture, if, even, if he's even in the title picture yet. I think he's probably breaking into the, the fringe of the title picture, but... You know, if, if he thinks he's deserving of the next title shot, I think he's got another thing coming. I think there's other men standing in his way. Yeah, he's got he's got to win better than that, I think. You know, I tell you what, just quick booking off the top of my head. I would put him against Tiago Santos next. Yeah, that's a fun fight. Let's see uh, how that one plays out. You know, if he wins that one title shot for sure. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily want him to skip the line or anything like that. But as far as this fight, it was a clear win for him. He won all three rounds from all three judges but you know we we talk about rounds and contested rounds here and round three was a round from the judges that they didn't quite agree on whether it was a 10-9 or a 10-8 how did you see this one i thought this was a pretty clear-cut 10-9 i also thought 10-9 but when i saw that eric cologne had given a 10-8 i did have to stop and think about it and i said okay well why would he have done that and you know, I was having trouble coming up with this. So, you know, I watched it again. I'm, I'm watching it through and, and I'm trying to think. And you can kind of see an argument here because of the fact that Rockets was able to hurt him within about the first 12 seconds of the round. You know, he, he wobbled him. You know, he dominated him on the ground for the rest of the time with some ground and pound. I didn't quite think even with a couple of D's checked off there. I don't think he got to the, the you know, the third D kind of level there. But, you know, you, you could consider a 10-8 once you get to two D's. Right. I mean, I agree with you. I think the fact that Anthony Smith did absolute zero helps the case for the 10-8. I think it does. Absolutely does. Uh, I really didn't think once it was on the ground that Rakic was really trying to finish the fight. But I would I would agree. And that is part of the criteria, too. You know, they want you when it comes to dominance, it should be, you know, trying to push to the finish, too. And I didn't see that. But hey, 10-8, I mean, I got no issue with it, really. Yeah, I went 10-9 just like you and just like Sal D'Amato and, and Chris Lee. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, when we're talking about round three, two in a three-round fight in which same guy won the first two rounds, you can give it 10-7. It doesn't really make a difference on the result of the fight. Yeah. This... So, it, it's it's not, it's neither here nor there. But, of course, this is what we do. We talk about this, right? Right, and it wasn't crazy to go there, so. No, it wasn't. I, I don't think so. And, you know, the judges are, of course calibrating themselves to what a 10-8 is still. So, you know, I, I've definitely been happier with the way we've seen 10-8s scored throughout the pandemic and, and really throughout the whole year. But let's move on to the other round that we need to talk about. Everything else we, you know, we like we said in the intro, totally agreeable, not worth getting into. But the one other round was the first round 
in Zach Cummings' victory over Alessio DiCarico. Yeah, this was a this was a close round. Uh, I ended up I ended up going ten nine for DiCarico. Uh, I thought he landed some solid leg kicks and, and some really solid punches to the head, which were kind of the tipping point for me. Yeah, it was definitely a close round most of the way. I think for me, it was that DiCarico he locked it up with kind of a strong like final minute. Right. Yeah. That's that's really where it came into play for me because I was kind of you know if if you're picturing kind of a a bar one way or the other you know which way you're leaning I think I was still very much in the middle until DeKirico was able to land a bit more down that final stretch so uh, uh, he kind of put yeah. a, a stamp on it yeah he pulled a away a bit. bit yeah he pulled away yeah but not very so far. you and I both agreed that was DeKirico's round ten nine uh, Derek Cleary and Chris Lee they both went the same way as us. Whereas Junichiro Camijo, he went 10-9 for Cummings here. And yeah, I get it. It's not it's not a bad score, but yeah. I, I wouldn't have gone that way. Yeah, close round. Yeah. Boring fight, too. Terrible fight. <laughs> there was, I mean, there wasn't that many great fights. I mean, I'll say this. At, at the very least, the very last strike thrown in the entire fight was that head kick from Cummings to DeKirico that DeKirico, I mean, he, you know, he took it and he got back up, but he was, he was kind of on deer legs, right? He was like a newborn deer. Yeah, he was wobbly uh, <laughs> a little bit on his way back to the corner, but that's after the fight, so. It was after the fight, and, you know, I don't think he was out. I think it was just he was rocked, and, you know, yeah, that was okay. But, again, not a really good fight. Let's move on from that. I think we're done talking about individual rounds here. We've We've got something more meaty to cover in just a bit, but I'd like to touch upon the undisputed fights here which were so many of them because the judges were, as we said, yeah, right on in point. total agreement on so much of this. Yeah, as as we were too. I mean, these weren't the toughest fights to score, but I mean, no, they were not. Still, uh, still good to be on the same page. It was, it was, and and honestly, great consistency from the judges with ten eight round scores here. You know, you got a ten eight uh, from Hannah Cyphers in the first round of her fight before she got submitted by yeah. Mallory Martin. That was a beat uh, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in just a minute. Uh, and then the other 10-8 came from Ricardo Lamas over Bill Algio in his 29-27 victory. He got 10-8 in the third. Well, and that yeah, was a right. big 10-8 yeah, round for him. Definitely. Which, this fight was easily fight of the night. It was. Yeah, that was a good fight. And if, uh, if apparently it's uh, it could be Ricardo Lamas' final fight, you know, congrats to him. Oh, I've I, enjoyed I watching him over the years. Okay, He got a good fight yeah. in his final fight then. Yeah, so. it was. He was talking about kind of like he doesn't know if, what it's going to be. In the post fight, I'm not sure if you watched that, but yeah, I, I think uh, this would be a great round to go out on. I mean, oh, yeah, for sure. How, how awesome did he look at the end? <laughs> it's kind of like Seinfeld went out on top, except that, you know, for the Seinfeld finale. Don't worry about that one. <laughs> <laughs> but the rest of the fights, they were all 30 27s across the board. Neil Magny getting the win over Robbie Lawler. Disappointing fight for the ruthless one. Yeah, I kind of think the end is near there for Robbie. Yeah, I don't know how much more he needs to do. Yeah, his legacy secure. And and if he's going to just fight like this every time, I, I don't know. I don't know how much more I want to see of him. I, I'll go back and watch his stuff. That's for sure. Uh, but the other ones too, Alexa Grasso getting her flyweight debut victory over Yi Jung Kim. And Impa Kasanganai. Big contender series guy. Victory over Maki Pitolo. Yeah, I think he might might do big things one day, this guy. I liked him when I saw him on the contender series. Uh. I was up in the air. I didn't know if he was going to get the contract, but I was happy he did. And uh, I think on Saturday night he proved he deserved it. I heard about him. I didn't. I don't watch Contender Series because I need a break from MMA uh, midweek so that I can be a part of my family. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, you know, actually in this fight in particular, when I watched it live, I did think Pitolo won 
the first round, which was very close. That was a close round for sure. It was, you know, Kasang and I, he kind of put a stamp on it at the end of the round. Right. But I thought Patolo's work earlier on is what gave him the round. After I watched it again, I agree. You know, I, I defer to the judges on this one, but it was it was a very close round. Yeah, that was a close round. Yeah. Uh, and then the last round, of course, that the judges agreed upon was Sean Brady, his first round, 10-9 over Christian Aguilera before he ended up getting the tap out in round two. Yeah. Which of the four finishes we did have on the card was my favorite. Oh, okay. That was a power guillotine from Mount that I don't even know if it's a power guillotine. It's just a guillotine from Mount. And he never let go of it. He was in a bunch of scramble positions. He kept transitioning and ended up putting the guy to sleep. And I thought that was really good. You know what's so funny about that fight is if you look back, and I don't know how many people even noticed this, but I did. If you look at the scorecard that the UFC News Twitter account shared, it says that Aguilera won the fight. Yeah, they got to fix that. I, I hope the commission has it right. I'm going to be looking for that on yeah. Monday morning uh, on the NSAC website. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure they have it right. But when you look at it right there, it's uh, a little weird. <laughs> but uh, what about your favorite finish? Oh, for me, the favorite finish was was definitely Mallory Martin getting that huge comeback after being 10 aided in the first round. She would she was arguably knocked out by Hannah Cyphers. There was a point where you could say she, she was yeah. actually out. She she was stiff when she first fell back. So she was. It was it was one of those kind of slow falls that yeah. you see after a knockout. It, it brings to mind. Uh, we're going back here. But Edson Barboza knocking out Terry Adam. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. Kick? Oh, my God. That was just and, and Adam just kind of falls down stiff as a board. Uh, yeah. It was a little bit like that, not to the same degree. Right. And it was brief, but a referee is justified in stopping that fight. Yeah, if he wanted to stop it there, I don't think anyone would have had a problem. But obviously, she survived. She came back and proved that Hannah Cyphers really just needs a lot more work on that ground game. Yeah, ground As we've game. seen all year. It's just, it's not there. It's not there. She's got to go to a better, like, like a nice camp that's going to really challenge her ground game there and, and force her to kind of get better. Yeah, it, all four of her losses in 2014. She's owned four now, which just it sounds terrible. Uh, she's better than that, but it just it's not it's a bad look. Yeah. They're all because she has no ground game, and I hope she finds a place that can help her. And you know what? They they booked her against Angela Hill, which they probably thought striker versus striker, but Angela Hill proved that she has enough of a ground game to to pound her out. Angela Hill has diversified her game. I think you know we saw that from that fight in particular. She's still you know a kickboxer primarily first and i'm sure she would consider herself a full mixed martial artist but yeah that's her bread and butter is the striking but no, yeah. but again she's she's much better than she even used to be right, so I, yeah. I imagine she would be a good kind of almost a role model for hannah cyphers yeah i think cyphers they should get put her in there against a striker or and she should be working relentlessly on her ground game work on the ground game i, I think probably this is the last we'll see of her in the octagon for a little bit but uh you know i'm sure there's a place for her in invicta with the, some of the town ladies over there Oh, yeah. Well, Dan, I think we've kind of covered it here. You know, we don't have much in the way of contested rounds. So that's why Dan and I figured uh, we could kind of sneak in a past judgment, which we haven't done in a while. And I like doing them. We hope you do, too. So we had to examine because we had a light heavyweight headliner here, someone who's, you know, trying to break into the title picture. We're going to have a new champ soon. Let's reexamine the controversial John Jones against Dominic Reyes fight from earlier this year. And this was the first one that you and I ever talked about on the Couchside Judges. Yeah, 45 episodes ago. Yeah, uh, don't listen to that one. It's it's kind of rough. <laughs> <laughs> but, but before we go into it, Dan's going to run down 
how our modified scoring criteria works for past judgment. Yeah, the CSJ criteria is basically the same as the ABC criteria, which, if you're unfamiliar with, it's available at abcboxing.com. Like certified judges, we score rounds based on the 3Ds, damage, dominance, and duration, but we just made a few key changes. A 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the 3Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just 1D, but should definitely be given when 2Ds are achieved. And a 10-7 is available for checking off 2Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. All right, Scott, set the stage for Jones-Reyes. So Jones-Reyes, again, this happened earlier this year, February 8th at the Toyota Center in Houston, UFC 247. Uh, And this is way back before the pandemic took hold. So even though it was February, it feels like February, like 3000 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, this feels like it was weird seeing a crowd there. It was. It was it was unsettling almost. I was kind of worried for all the people in there that were going to get COVID. (laughs) I was thinking, wow, I find it so hard to hear what the ref's saying. Is this going to mess with the fighters at some point when they go back to fighting with crowds? And I did not like not being able to hear every punch and kick very easily, as we've now grown accustomed to. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. But anyway, so, yeah, this was the headliner. uh, and It was one of two title fights on the card. The other one was Valentina Shevchenko defended her flyweight title against Caitlin Chukagian in the co-main event. Jones, obviously, he came into this fight as the light heavyweight goat, which he still is. Uh, He barely needs an introduction. But what I will say is that he was coming off two less than inspiring title defenses against Anthony Smith and Tiago Santos the previous year. Reyes entered 12-0 with half of his wins coming in the UFC. The last two were over Vulcan Ozdemir by split decision. And four months before this fight, he had knocked out Chris Weidman, who came up from middleweight. Although, you know, he was a reasonable challenger to Jones at this point. No one really expected him to be a major problem for Jones. Yeah, I actually didn't think he deserved the shot. You didn't. You harped on that for a while. It was, it was something that I I didn't think it was so bad to let him in. But well, obviously proved me wrong. So, uh, hey, I didn't think it was going to go the way it did either way. Uh, the judges for this one, uh, Chris Lee, Marcos Rosales and Joe Solis, notorious Joe, the notorious Joe Solis, who we'll get into a little later. Uh, the referee for this one, Dan Mergliata. So let's dive into round one, Dan. What did you see? Round one, pretty much all Reyes for the most part. It was it was kind of even for a little bit, though, because they were kind of trading yeah, all these kicks right. and Jones was checking kicks very well early on, which, you know, you don't see a lot of fighters checking kicks like off the bat the way John Jones was. I don't think you can mistake this round as a Jones round. This was for sure Reyes's round. Absolutely, yeah. It was a very good one from a striking standpoint. And he had a couple good flurries there. I mean, Jones was still keeping him, uh, you know, in check with those uh, side kicks, which in this round I think were the best side kicks of the entire fight. I mean, Reyes was getting his leg pushed back the entire time from it. Every time he landed one, he landed a good head kick, but it just wasn't more than Reyes. So I went 10-9 for Reyes. Yeah, I also went for Reyes. You know, I, Reyes himself obviously was doing a lot of work with his kicks. And I think you started to see that Jones was was not really enjoying the way those were feeling. So I, I think the fact that those were so effective was really played into it. And then he also had that, you know, we, we should mention that he had that sort of knockdown, but not really a knockdown midway through after yeah. like a punch to the midsection, right? Yeah, that was a slip and he was guided to the ground by a shot to the stomach. 
A little bit, yeah. But when that happened, though, you saw that Reyes, he got kind of energized. You know, not that not that, that was something you would score, but it, it certainly helped him from a confidence standpoint. Oh, yeah. He might have felt it was a knockdown right there. Oh, I got him down. You know, here we go. Probably. He pro- I mean, he, he at least saw that his opponent was off balance, you know, yeah. if nothing else. Um, but, yeah, he never really had Jones in trouble. A good Reyes round, but nothing dominant. You know, it was low duration of offense from both guys. So, you know, 10-9 is the way to go, even in our system for Reyes. And all three judges, they all agreed that it was a 10-9 Reyes. No doubt, very easy, non-controversial round, at least for now. Yeah, for now. <laughs> round two, this was closer. This was a, yes, Jones finally started to pick it up a bit here. Again, I don't think really any Ds were checked off to a, a great uh, to a great margin. Uh, close round, Jones was landing solid shots, especially the kicks to the body and the legs, a couple of good straights to the face, but Reyes was really just better in that, but I want to say that early flurry that Reyes had looked good, but not all that much landed. No, but I'll tell you what it did do is it forced John Jones to turn his back and retreat. He did. He he had to get out of there. See That's later. effective. That's effective striking. Is it? Yeah, why not? If it, If it's forcing your opponent to do something that's not offensive and he just kind of turned and ran. I suppose. I mean, all right, yeah. there's not not damage any not damage or impact there, but it was I mean, not guess, highly damaging. But no, yeah. I mean that counts as far as damage because it's saying I don't want part of this. You know, that's that's a tell as far as I'm concerned. Was it that big a deal? No, I think you're probably onto something. But it doesn't look good. It does not look good for a judge. I guess that's some of that effective defense Virginia's talking about. <laughs> I don't don't think the judges actually use that, though. It's written down, but I think when a judge comes in from out of town, they're like, I'm going to do it the way it's supposed to be done. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I mean, this this was a round where, yeah, Reyes had had a lot more effect early on in the round, but Jones did kind of climb back. I just didn't think he took it. Yeah, this was the closest round, though, of the fight, Uh, and I gave it for Reyes, uh, 10-9. Yeah, same here, 10-9 Reyes. No dominance in the striking, and there was no grappling to evaluate, so uh, low duration. This is a Reyes round. Yeah, easy. So we both have it 20-18 to 18 for Reyes, uh, which was also the same score as Chris Lee, the most veteran and well-known of these judges uh, assigned to this fight as far as an MMA standpoint. Uh, but Marcos Rosales and Joe Solis gave this one to Jones, tying it at 19. I, I mean, it was close, but... I really didn't think it was close enough to do that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I see the argument. I thought this was this was my toughest round to score. Watch and the funny it. thing is, when you watched this fight initially, back in our old episode, I'm going to put you on blast oh here. Oh, boy, oh, boy. You said there's no argument oh, for round two there. for Jones. Yeah, well, I was stupid. <laughs> We've come a long way, you and I. We've learned a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> case in point, right? Um, you know, no, no disrespect though to Rosales and Solis here, but I, I really, I defer to Lee here. In my own opinion, I thought this was a definitely a Reyes round. Well, yeah, I ended up going that way. Yeah, I, I understand. Round three, though, this was the round that I thought was closest in the whole fight. I thought this was the true swing round, but. You know, I, I understand that there's at least a minority argument for Jones here. See, in this round, I didn't think anything Jones landed was all that impactful at all. But, you know, even though Reyes is landing a bunch of strikes and Jones, Jones is still pushing forward, I guess you can maybe see that maybe his strikes aren't all that impactful either. But he was still landing some decently heavy shots. So I think it was a Reyes round. I thought it was, was a bit clear. Yeah, I just thought Reyes landed more frequently, which the numbers support. Not that you'd go by the numbers, but as I'm watching it, I'm, I'm thinking Reyes is having more success here. Um, he had a good flurry early, 
that forced Jones to turn and run again, you know, and, and Jones ate that kick in the retreat too, which yeah. I thought was pretty effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jones did bust up Reyes nose. Yeah, he did. That counts for something. Yeah, it, well, it has to. Yeah, it's, I mean, so. it's effective striking, right? And especially the nose, because I, I mean, if you're able to affect the breathing in any way, who knows how much that could have hampered Reyes later in this fight. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I can understand this one going that way. I can understand going for Jones. Uh, narrowly, I would give it to Reyes. Yeah, I, I scored this for Reyes, which again... So still from, 10-9, right? Yeah, 10-9, which from our first episode, I was a on board with Jones here, 10-9. So you've, you've, uh, you've yeah. kind of really evolved in your understanding of this fight in in the a intervening bit, six months a huh? bit more yeah a bit yeah. a bit more and i also yeah, so, i also said crazy things about if you score round two for jones you have to give round three to jones <laughs> i don't know what i was thinking well we don't want to spread those lies yeah. anymore. <laughs> forget that but yeah so on our cards we're looking at 30 27 for reyes uh understanding that may you know maybe a 29 28 could be in the picture here uh but for me to see that none of the judges had it that way was still very surprising because Lee and Solis gave this round to Jones, which again, close, but I, I didn't go that way. Now Rosales has Reyes up 29-28, just like Chris Lee, whereas Solis has Jones up 29-28. You know, onto the championship rounds, and this is where you start seeing some kind of holes in the armor of Reyes. Yeah, he's getting a bit tired here. He's getting tired, but it was it was after he had a really nice opening to this round. He did have a good good like I don't know fifteen seconds there to oh, start. Oh no, the I mean it was a good like minute plus where oh, he a- he kind of took advantage and Jones he went for that reactive takedown, not an opportunistic one where it was kind of saying you know I, right, I would yeah. prefer not to strike right now. Right, yeah. Jones tried to get it to the ground because he wanted you know he was getting hit with good shots. And he was in a bad, you know, he really was kind of in a, not a bad way, but he was not in the advantage for, yeah, like for the first 90 seconds of this round or so. But then at that point, it's almost like Reyes emptied the whole gas tank and he's just kind of stumbling around. They're both on their feet again, visibly tired, and he's not really putting up a lot of offense. I mean, he had to fight those takedowns, which is going to zap your tank. And he did defend them well. He did, got right up. So, you know, you're not really scoring the takedowns because there's nothing effective behind it. But That's true. I have to ask this question. You mentioned, you know, just because Jones is getting out of the way and he's and he has to, you know, run a bit to get out of that thing. Are takedowns that are visibly causing some cardio issues? Are you going to score that as effective grappling as well? No, I I don't think so. It still has to be an impactful takedown from a kind of a damage standpoint. I mean, no, you can you can it. lean I... against someone at the cage and, and impact their cardio too, but it's not really that's not that's not effective offense. Right, I know. That's why I don't that's why I, I kind of don't agree with the uh, assessment that making a guy dodge strikes is effective striking. It's more it's not so much making them dodge it, but it's you're showing if you're referring to the fact that, you know, I was saying earlier when Jones is retreating, right, yeah. is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Well, well, the reason I say that is because it's, it's a sign that he is not enjoying this situation. And so he just turns and runs rather than even tries to put up any sort of resistance or, or covering up or anything like that. Right, but, yeah. John Jones knows how to cover up. He, he defended a lot of punches very well earlier on in this fight. Yeah. I think we should get so, that clarified for us one day. That would be, I mean, that would be great. We should, uh, hopefully, hopefully a judge listens and just sets us straight on this, right? Yeah. But anyway, back to round four. But back to round four, Jones, you know, obviously kind of dug himself a deep hole in the early part, which I actually thought was probably some of Reyes' like best success of the whole fight, just in that isolated moment. That was a couple good shots right there against that fence. 
But Jones chips away at it over the next three and a half minutes, the yeah. final three and a half minutes of the fight. And good I, I think kicks. he took it. I think he definitely took it. Yeah, good leg kicks, uh, that clinch knee he landed, a solid elbow on the break. Uh, I think it was all Jones that like final, whatever, three and a half minutes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the judges agreed here. Everyone agrees that this is a 10-9. In our scoring system, too, still just a 10-9. Uh, so our score has 39-37 for Reyes. Yep. And... That's not a score that anybody scoring the fight live actually had, any of the judges. Uh, everyone had this one 10-9, of course, which is the right call, as I mentioned. But at this point, it's Chris Lee and Marcos Rosales who have it tied at 38, which means final round really decides the fight. And Joe Solis has 39-37 Jones. So yeah, I mean, round five, the deciding round, ultimately. Yeah, who won? I think this was the best round for any fighter throughout the whole fight and i thought it was for john jones 10-9 i thought every time he landed a body kick it was just super effective you got no wrote you got no response from reyes from it just eats it steps back a bit tries to reset and i I thought that was really effective you know from an output standpoint just a pure numbers standpoint i thought this was a close round but that's where you look at the effectiveness of the strikes that you're talking about here and that's the difference maker for john yeah, hit, um, like I said, those body shots, I think, were the difference. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Reyes, he just couldn't muster enough energy to to push Jones anymore. You know, I, they talked a lot about open scoring right after this ended. You know, they, there was the little conversation between John Anik and Joe Rogan and Dominic Cruz after the fight. And they were talking about the idea of open scoring, which I support, especially the Kansas model, which was which actually came to light shortly after this and kind of coincidentally too, according to Adam Rohrbach of the Kansas Athletic Commission. But I don't know how much it would have affected things if Reyes knew he needed round five to win. He was tired. He was tired, but, you know, maybe he gets that, you know, that second wind. So, you know, wow, I really need this round. Or third win, maybe. So, I, yeah, I think. It's tough to say. I mean, there's, who knows there's how no fighters react? Know. Yeah, who knows how fighters are going to react to it? But I still think it's but, better than what we had. I think they should know the scores. Oh, I agree. I mean, I'm I'm with you. Like I said, 100. percent But I I do question whether it actually would have affected this fight. Yeah, who's to say? I, I don't really know. Yeah, but of course, everyone agreed. 10-9 Jones here, which for you and I, that's a 48-47 Reyes victory. Uh, we think in our assessment that. The challenger was was maybe wronged here. You know, not it's not a robbery. We don't do that here. We don't believe in that. <laughs> yeah, but, unless it's absolutely completely warranted, which we have not come across any yet. Yeah, no, we we don't we haven't revisited any of those fights, and there's probably a couple I could name, but but we'll save them for another day. Um, not not so many, no no real championship fights, but um, yeah, I mean, as, as far as the actual scores here, it was Chris Lee and Marcos Rosales who had forty eight forty seven for Jones. They got there in different ways, but they still have the same score. And Solas had 49-46 for Jones, which, uh, hard pass on that one. But yeah, I mean, the, the one thing that I thought was kind of funny about this fight is when you listen to John Jones' post-fight interview. And did you listen to that when you watched this again? I did, but I was mostly taken aback by Joe Rogan not shaving and going with the cul-de-sac look on his head. <laughs> like, my goodness, Joe, you got a cul-de-sac going. It's awesome. Focus, focus Dan. We got to focus on this fight here. <laughs> No, but, but but seriously, though, in, in the post-fight, Jones repeated many times that he thought that the difference right, in this yeah. fight was takedowns. Yeah, I remember that. And, uh, nope, definitely not. 
No, that's John. Not how it, that's no, not how it worked. He, he, John thought that he landed takedowns in three rounds. He only landed them in two. He barely kept Reyes down. That's not what won him the fight. You know, the, what won him the fight was round two and round three being close enough and then going his way. That's really what it was. Real, yeah. And wrestling was not a big part of those. Even Reyes, he was like, I, I mean, I heard what he said, but I got right back up, so I really didn't think those played any effect. Yeah, he he was right. That's exactly right. So, but you know, what's what's a fighter supposed to say right after the fight? It's hard to say. He was, you know, he's not really fighting the fight and being like, well, where am I in the fight? Am I winning? He's just trying to punch and kick and knock this dude out. So I I get it, but it's it's one of those things that I still feel like the fighters they don't really understand how takedowns work in terms of getting them an advantage in their fights. I think it's it's something that needs to be more clarified for fighters. Yeah, it definitely should. You know, but I have to think though, the judging here, we don't really get the most elite judges all the time in Texas. You know, Chris Lee, obviously one of the most prolific judges and one of the most respected judges, and he was here. But Marcos Rosales, not quite in that higher degree. He definitely works in other places. He's not just a Texas exclusive judge, uh, but still not one of the guys that we've been seeing in Las Vegas or anything like that. But Joe Soul is though. This is a local judge being placed in one of the biggest fights of the calendar year. Yeah, really uh, strange. And it really showed. I think that local commissions should be thinking long and hard about putting one of their guys in. If you're short and you only got two of the you know more national, more recognized judges, then go get another one. Go ask Eric Colon or Sal Diamato. You know, go ask Derek Cleary. Why can't we get some of these guys on this fight? It shouldn't have it shouldn't have come down to having the judges assigned to this one that we did. And that's Texas's fault. Yeah, for sure. And Joe Sol has had a bad night overall. <laughs> he, he did. That Andre Yule, he had winning uh, 30-27. He had Trevin Giles winning round one versus James Krause, where he had his back taken for like three and a half minutes. Do yourself a favor and Google Joe Sol is with a Z and Aaron Bronstetter and read the article from Aaron from TSN about the connection between Sol is and Trevin Giles. It's eye-opening and disturbing that the Texas Commission allowed Solas to judge this fight. It's it's really, really bad. And great reporting from Aaron Bronstetter. Yeah, stick a fork in this one, Dan, because we're done with this installment of the Couchside Judges. But make sure to stay tuned for our next episode on Friday. We have a tremendous guest interview that we're working on for you and dan and i will make sure to let you know who that is on social media when the time is right you can also follow us on facebook and twitter at couchside judges as well as myself at scott underscore fontana my dms are open find me on twitter as well at dan urban mma be sure to subscribe to the show on apple spotify or wherever you found us thanks for listening later guys (laughs) 